Hello, and welcome to the Nick Chats podcast. My name is Beth Mace, and I am Nick's chief economist. Thank you for joining us. The focus of the Nick Chats podcast is talking to interesting people that have ideas that I think you'd like to hear about. As you listen today, I hope that you will find some humor, insights, inspiration, and hopefully what I call an aha moment when something pithy or insightful is said and a light bulb may go off for you. Let me tell you a bit about the structure of today's event. First, I will tell you three statements about my guest, two of which will be true. Throughout the podcast, you'll learn which is true and which is false. Second, there are three standard questions within each podcast for each speaker. The first is, what's the largest challenge facing our industry? Followed by a question about one thing we can do to grow talent in our industry. And third, what is one innovative way or idea to strengthen our industry? Now, as they say, on with the show. So I'm delighted that our Nick Chats podcast discussion today is with Jane Arthur Oswick. Jane is the CEO and co-founder of Tree Plus Communities. Jane, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Beth. This is wonderful. And also, thank you so much for the white paper that uh, Nick put together on Active Adult. I thought that was really wonderful. So I'd oh. like to thank you for that. Well, great. Well, it was a team effort. There are a lot of people involved. Oh, I know. No, but <laughs> Nick in general. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you. A lot of volunteers help with that as well as uh, great teammates and staff. Yeah. So, so as I mentioned, I have three statements about you. Two are true and one is not. So the three, three statements include that you once owned a company that manufactured private label jewelry cleaning products, or you still enjoy reading business books, or that you love to ride horses. So for the audience, they'll have to stay tuned for the entire podcast to see which of those is actually a true statement and which is false. So Jane, first of all, um, you are the CEO and founder of Tree Plus Communities. I'm pronouncing that correct? Tree Plus? Trapless. Oh, Trapless. Trapless Communities. Sorry. Trapless Communities. It's a company focused on creating and managing active adult communities for those older than 55. Mm-hmm. Can you please tell us about Trapless and about your role as CEO? Yes, absolutely. Um, Our family has been in the uh, real estate business for a long time. And in 2015, uh, my siblings and I decided that we wanted to pursue uh, the active adult asset class in developing that product. We saw that there was a real need for it. And we're in Ohio. And of course, there's very little uh, that was available to the active adult. 55 plus, you know, usually typically find those in the uh, Sunbelt or coastal regions. So that was something that we uh, decided to pursue. And, um, and we not only develop it, but we manage it. And so it's very important to us uh, to have that ability to create a product for that, for that asset class. Being a new asset class is a challenge at best. And, um, and I feel as though we've, we've not, we've learned a lot and um, we, we understand the mentality of that active adult now. So we're there to create, you know, a really amenity rich, carefree, maintenance free product for our resident. Okay. We're going to get more into that for a moment, but tell us a little bit about the name of Treplis. Um, you know, uh, it, it came from, it's the third phase of life oh, and okay. that's who we're, we're, so it's Trey, Tre, 
which is third and then plus. And so along with the 55 plus. So we just felt it was the third phase of life and that's who we're catering to. Oh, that's brilliant, actually. I'm sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> um, I, well, tell us about your residents, who they are, what are they seeking? What are some of the key insights you found in providing housing uh, to this cohort? You know, first of all, our our resident is a renter by choice. And what's really critical during, this is such a, a strange, the last few years have been so strange economically. And so um, I think that it gives our residents the opportunity to, to have a different fiscal approach to where they are in their life. And of course, with the home sales that we've been seeing over the last couple of years, which are unfortunately coming to a halt um, between interest rates and and just uh, the economy in general, I think this gives the, had given them the opportunity to get their equity out and really have an opportunity, not necessarily to reinvest the equity in, in a home um, that they had to care for, which is something that our resident is looking for. Maintenance-free is very important. They just, they are ready to lock and leave. And, and um, so I think that that's very important to our resident um, it, it, who likes to travel. And also very important to our residents is they become empty nesters and they want to stay. Most of our residents come from, from close to the property. However, we do have some that their uh, children, we call the influencer, might have brought them to be closer to them, especially during COVID. We saw that. And the minute that they will, uh, move into a treplist community, they, the, the feeling of isolation is gone and they're part of a community. And so one thing that we've really worked hard on is, is creating an amenity-rich community. And so our resident is going to be 55 on up. What's the average age? The average age is 70. And we, we do, now that the Gen Xer is 55, we see that, that we have a real ability to skew that down. And I think that that's going to be really important. And, and I think after the midterm elections, I think that we're going to see it even becoming more important. So let's talk a little bit about, you were, you were saying that one of the drivers is home equity. And mm-hmm. as you pointed out in Ohio, home prices are minimally flattening out, if maybe not declining yet. Right. So is, do you, are you worried about that in terms of demand drivers into your community? Uh, you know, again, I'll be really anxious to see after the midterm elections uh, what what happens and, and what people's, I think everybody in the home industry, home building industry is anxious to see what's going to happen. I wish I had a crystal ball. Okay. I don't want to make this political, so I won't no. really get into that. But, but yeah, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. But that's what we're seeing our resident, you know, from our resident's perspective, they're very slow right now in their decision-making. And so, and they have been for about, uh, I'd say 60 to 90 days. Yeah. Okay. When and, and especially when interest rates started going up. Yes, and that's part of the Fed plan to slow things down. So we're actually feeling that now, and certainly in the commercial real estate and interest Absolutely. rate sensitive sectors like residential real Absolutely. estate. Absolutely, yeah. 
So how would you say active adult compares with senior housing and multifamily in terms of length of stay, lease up time, staffing, competitive environment, um, and so forth? So I would say from the truckless perspective, um, our residents are staying a lot longer. We've owned multifamily since the 60s. Um, and so our turnover um, is more around the 20% than the eight than the 50%, which you typically see in uh, market rate multifamily. We um, don't ever try and go into the senior housing um, or, or try and quote what senior housing is, and especially now with after having uh, what the last few years have looked like for senior housing. So I can't speak to that at all. But, you know, our resident is really looking more for maintenance-free, the community, the sense of community, and the fiscal aspect of it. The, so the length of stay, we think, is longer. The lease-up time, much slower. And I mean, much slower. And we, um, you know, it can be as long as, and I can speak to, to my peers in the industry, it can be anywhere from 36 months plus to, wow. get, to get to stabilize. Mm -hmm. But the rents are typically a little bit higher than you're going to get in multifamily. So how much is that typically, like a 20% premium to multifamily? Yeah, 20, 20 to 30%. So in your marketplace, what would a monthly rent be on average? So ours is around 2200 And we have one bedrooms that are 12. Now, see, we have a our product. There are very few developers that we're aware of that are scaling their product like we're scaling. And so... Um, we have a horizontal product with an attached garage and they're large. They're 1200 square feet and 1600 square feet. We have a wow. one bedroom plus and a two bedroom plus. So it's, it, it, it's not a typical 700 square foot or 1100 square foot, two bedroom. That so, sounds pretty appealing. <laughs> yeah, like it is. <laughs> it's, it's verging on a BTR, um, but it's a built to rent. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. But um, and, and that's a, a, a major attraction for our resident is that it's it's a little easier to downsize into 1600 square feet than, you know. So did you see uh, any impact from the pandemic in terms of occupancy? Uh, it was great. Actually. Oh, it was great. How, oh, yeah. It how was it great? How it was, it, oh. it, back to the influencer. Uh, we were stunned at how many influencers had their parents were telling their parents to move into our properties. And that's the influencers so concerned about their parents not having a, a community and not being around people of their age. And so we had people moving from Sun City, Nevada. Wow. And three residents moved to wow. Columbus, Ohio from Sun City and they didn't know one another. That was what was even more interesting um, so yeah, I would, um, say that the pandemic was, the, the interesting thing is the phrase active adult. And I think you would agree that, that the whole industry hasn't fully committed on the words active adult yet, which is, I agree. Yep. which is really hard from a marketing perspective. We need 
we need our customer to know that that's an option. And that's okay. so I, so when we say senior housing, I'm 60. I don't want to say I'm living in senior housing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to hear active adult. Yeah. So I think as an industry, we need to bring that work harder at bringing that to light. Yeah. And I think we're starting to see efforts in that way. I totally agree. So just for comparison. So that's interesting that during the pandemic, you actually saw occupancy increase that contrasts a lot with senior housing. Mm-hmm. Where we saw in general for the what we call the primary markets, we saw almost a nine percentage point decline in occupancy over that period. Mm-hmm. And senior housing, by comparison, probably has a shorter lease up uh, timing because there's a lot of people that go there because of need. So Correct. it's new of a need based. So it's a little bit of a recession resilient property type, actually. Right. So I'm not sure that it will get as affected by whatever we're seeing in the residential Correct. market. In terms right. of prices, but the Absolutely. length of stay, the length of stay wouldn't compare to, I think you said your length of stay is more than three years. Yes. And that's not typically the case. It's usually shorter for seniors housing. Right. So. right. I mean, we've had some residents, we have had a good portion of our residents stay five plus. I mean, they, they moved in the day that they, that we opened and they're still there, but, but I would say on average, it's three to four years. So the elephant in the room for active adult, when I talk to folks is, well, what happened? I mean, naturally we're all getting old and we all age. So mm-hmm. what happens when, when someone ages, can they, do they age out of place? Do you ask them to leave? How does that work? No, we absolutely do not ask them to leave. And, 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 you know, again, we own Molly family. People forget that, that in market rate Molly family, you're, you're going to have people who are older and, need services. And so the interesting thing about um, about these times is that the in-home healthcare business is increasing. With that said, I would say that most of our residents would move out. We will not provide services. Um, that's not our business model or something that we're striving to do. And so if people need those extra services, they'll move out. So um, I believe your footprint's mostly in Ohio. Um, And do you think it's advantageous to be concentrated in a few geographic areas? And do you have any plans to move outside of the Ohio area? So yes, we do. Um, We're actually in central Ohio and going south. We opened our first project um, down in the Dayton area and moving into Cincinnati. And then we're in contract on properties in Indianapolis, which is a little, is easier just because it's very similar to Columbus. Um, But our when we created Trepolis, our whole intent was to scale. We were creating a brand that people could would know and identify with active adult housing. So it is fully our our intent to be um, uh, on a national program for sure. We probably will not go to um, California is is tough to develop in. And sure um, is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and, and there's a lot of product there. So, um, but yes, very much so wanting to scale. So um, what are, there's a lot of interest in active adult. Part of that is because of the demographics, if you look at the 75 plus cohort, that's the group that's growing faster than the 85 plus cohort. So 
developers, operators, financiers are looking at it going, mm, that looks pretty good because of the demographics. So that's certainly one demand driver for um, active adult right now. So what would be some key insights or takeaways that you might want to share with our listeners who are thinking about going into active adult or lessons learned so they can prevent some kind of an, um, you know, disruption in their plans? Okay. Okay. So um, the millennials need someplace to move. And we have a real housing crisis here in America. And it's, it's something that I think, again, going back to making awareness of this asset class and, and you're seeing projects that have high visibility like Margaritaville, where it's hugely successful. They've got a, 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 an enormous marketing budget to be able to be known across the United States. And so I look at projects like that, projects like ours, there is such a need. And again, it goes back to, they've become empty nesters. Mm -hmm. They want to have that sense of community. They don't necessarily want to live in a market rate apartment, and they certainly aren't ready to move into senior housing. And so this is a real opportunity for them to create. And if you look at the demographics coming up behind us, again, Gen Xers are turning 55, Gen Y, and keep going. And so there's the continuum is just going to continue on to keep it active adult, which is why we don't need to convert it into independent living. We will have enough people for the next 50 years who are turning 55 who want to be part of that community. And so that's what makes sense to us. Well, it's so interesting. I have conversations with senior housing folks all the time, and I can tell you we never talk about demand being driven from the Gen Xers. So this is really interesting. It gives me a whole new way to think about active adult. because Yeah, I mean, it's just going to keep coming. It's just going to keep coming. Yeah, Yeah. so that's that's really interesting. So in your crystal ball, Jane, what are you most bullish about for your communities, for your organization? What I'm most bullish about is scaling. I am am excited about the prospects. It's it's tough right now um, just because of the economy and people's concerns about about the economy today. And and higher interest rates. Yeah, interest rates, supply chain. Cost of debt. Yeah. I mean, labor, you know, getting enough labor to build. I mean, you know, those are the developer concerns right now. But I think it's something that it's not insurmountable, but I think it's something that if you're asking me what I get excited about, I get excited that that it, it'll take time to, to do, but it's it's exciting. Well, for your active adult, there's a, the labor issues is huge in the senior housing industry, but it's less so for, for active adult just because it's a lot less intensive in terms of FTEs, right? Or full-time. At, oh, without question, that's yeah. not an issue for active adult at all. What I'm talking about is actually getting them built. <laughs> ah, yeah, so, so you're looking at the, the construction. Yeah. The construction labor is is really tough to come by right now. And we're and I'm in Columbus, Ohio. So we're we're about ready, we're under construction with one project and getting ready to start another project. And that'll be our last project of this product in for a while in central Ohio. But we're we um just got the $30 billion Intel plant. 
So that's yes, I heard that. That's cause, great. <laughs> that's our cause for concern here. We won't have that problem in Indianapolis as much. Yeah. So in terms of in terms of competition for the labor, All right. absolutely. So, so let me go back to now a little bit of the statements about yourself, and I'm going to say tell you one, and then you tell me whether that's true or false. So, do you in fact enjoy reading business books? Love it. Love, love it. Love it. So. Love it. I've been reading them for a long time. Um, and I go back and it's just amazing to me how it's not static. Business has, is always evolving, but you can go back historically and see, you know, some of the, some of the things that stayed the same. And most of it has to deal with how humans, how humans behave. But, um, but I do love, love to read, you know, about, about business growths and people's approach to entrepreneurial approaches yeah. and leadership. And I just, I love reading business books. Well, I was just uh, listening over the weekend, actually, to a whole series of podcasts on the history of economics in the United States in terms of the, from the beginning of the country and how things changed and central banks came and went. And so I- I, I I'd love you to send that to me. Yeah. Please send that to me. I really would love to hear yeah. that. Because yeah, it was- it it was it was Incredible, really fun. Sure. Yeah, it was yeah. really fun. All right. So let's switch a little bit now and let's talk about you personally and more of your career path. And tell us how you ended up working in providing housing options to older adults. Um, I started in development in the um, mid 80s. Um, and I actually, I started in, in property management, I should say. Mm-hmm. And um, which I then um, got into development and I was in urban infill. Uh, in development here in Columbus, and um, and I was raising uh, two children, and uh, it was it was a lot, and um, but but at the same time very exciting. And I worked on a big master plan project downtown Columbus, um, and then I uh, ended up taking uh, a direction. It was around uh, the late nineties, I um, took a pause and um, got back into it with my brother and sister in 2012, we went into acquisition and development. And I I would say that the three of us all understood and had a vision of where we were gonna wind up living. And uh, we were all in our fifties and um when this started and it became a discussion because we were going to get back into development and we considered student housing but that's fraught with all its issues and um active adult was something that we really felt we understood we could identify with better and and for sure that's what helped. Well, that's interesting because that's certainly the case. If you go back to the genesis of a lot of the big senior housing operators too, like Sunrise, it came out of a need, a family need. Right. They wanted they wanted a product that didn't exist yet. And right. that's a lot of the um uh older established senior housing properties have that same story. Yeah, so, a friend of mine um started uh Gantrum Suites out of um Columbus, which is for memory care, and hers started um well, really even more specific from Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. and um, they're small, but small projects from the amount of beds, but highly, I mean, lots of customer service. And and so they're expanding again out of a family need. 
Right, exactly. So um, what lessons could you share with our audience? There's younger people that listen to this podcast as well as older, more veterans into the industry, but what are some lessons that you may want to share from your career that might be insightful for people listening? From my career? Um, You know, I think one of the things that we did early on, and I've done this, I did this back in the eighties and I, I, I do this, I, I do, we do this a lot um, with, with Treplis and that is um, our focus groups and really understanding what the consumer wants, because if you don't really know what the consumer wants, then especially when you're looking at a, a real high touch customer service need, um, I, I just, I think guessing it, guessing at it is, is just not the appropriate way. And so I, so how do you find that out? How do you find that out? What the customer really wants? We, we do focus groups Mm -hmm. and we, we, um, when we started this whole thing, uh, we hired a company that helped us to put together the right focus group. And we went targeted exactly the customer that we were looking for. And what we learned from that was, was spot on. I mean, I think that that's why our product is is really well regarded, and and why our residents stay. And do you continue to sort of poll your current residents oh, or potential? Yeah, uh, to see what. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> I mean, all I get a resident satisfaction report, and then I get um, a survey um, on on our residents. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's very so, important to stay in so, touch. Yeah, so I think that would put that almost in a aha moment kind of thing when we were talking about the podcast earlier, that, you know, you need to stay in touch with your client, your customer base, your resident, and continually fine tune probably to adjust to what their needs are. And probably as you go into other markets, there might be something different in Indiana than in Ohio. Yeah, Uh, without question. Okay, so um, this might be maybe less relevant to you, but it's one of the standard questions we ask, which is, what is, what is one way to grow talent in our, in our industry, in our sector? Um, how, do you, how do you bring in you know, new talent into your organization? Well, I think it's relevant in any, in any company. I mean, you got to have talent. And oh my, our, our team is unbelievable. And it comes with experience and a true understanding of what their area is. So that goes true for our property management people and um, long-term, long, long experience in, um, in, it's interesting, her experience had a lot to do with, um, with being in HOAs, homeowners associations and um, condominium. And so, because our resident has been a homeowner for a long time. So we understand the mentality of that mm-hmm. person um, and, and a great training in our property management area. We also actually use predictive index um, when we're looking for people because it is a different uh, selling um, and leasing active adults different. And so mm-hmm. we wanted to make sure that we understood who knew how to do that. I mean, right. And so, uh, you know, renting market rate apartments is a whole lot different than renting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, um, and then um, our, our 
construction and development and marketing. We, we just have such a great team of, of experienced people. And, mm-hmm. um, and what's great is they all have the attitude of wanting to train. So they, so every, everybody has their own SOPs and, and standard operating procedures and, and they train, help to train the, the, the people who brought in, they bring in that they think can do the job. And so, um, which is great. I'm, I'm thrilled with that. Yeah, so I wasn't implying that you guys don't need talent, but just in terms of the labor shortages that I think because of the less uh, FTEs that are required for full-time oh, right. employment. Yeah, that's, that's right. what I was- Oh, yes. oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I <laughs> yeah. know. Oh, I understood what you meant. Okay, good. good. I just good. wanted to- Yeah, no, no, we're good. So uh, what would be one of the largest challenges facing sort of our industry in general? I think you've sort of hit upon it right now. It's rising interest rates in the economy. Anything else that, I think that's, so, that's big enough right labor. now. Supply yeah. chain and labor. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And if you had one innovative idea on how to strengthen our industry, what would that be? Well, I it, it's marketing active adult across the country. I mean, everybody knows what IL, AL, and, and MC, CCRCs. Our market has not been educated enough. Right. And we all need to agree what the asset class is. I and our company, Trepolis Communities, still use the words active adult. I know that they're, but we've just got to come to a, an agreement and market it to the end. Right, end so, I, so I'm hoping that the white paper that you referenced earlier actually helps to do that because that was a lot of people that came together <laughs> to try to, to, try to define hopeful. it. I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful that that is the case. Yeah, Nick is focusing on Active Adult too. We're featuring it at our conferences and, oh, and our podcasts your, like today. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did the session last year and was so beyond grateful that we had at Nick that kind of really passionate response and unbelievable questions from the people who who attended, who were why you do this podcast, who are really interested in, should we invest in active adult? I need, we need more, we need more yeah. developers of active adult. We just yep. need it. Yep. I agree. So that's really good. So let's go back now again to the truths and, and less truths about you. So is it true that you once um, owned a company that manufactured private label jewelry cleaning products? Yes, I did. Okay. I when owned it for about five years. It was a situation. Um, it was great. It was a lot of fun. I got to go to uh, to uh, JCK, which is the big show, the big jewelry show in Las Vegas, oh. and that's where we had um, we we uh, the company went to every jewelry show there was. But it was it was crazy to go to the trade show. You think IBS and and the the show where you can go and buy all you all the um, home furnishings, accessories, et cetera, is a lot. That's a lot of jewelry. And so it was fun. It so was, was, fun. It, was it a liquid or was it more of a paste? No, it was a liquid. Uh-huh. It was a liquid. I bet no I have paste. a few of those. <laughs> no, I'll send you some. I still right. have some. I owned it for only about five years and it, it was great. We grew it. We grew it. And, um, and then I got out and yeah, I sold mine, but it was great. It was a lot yeah. of fun. I'll have to see your jewelry. It's probably all shiny. <laughs> So, all right, last question then. So, do you love to ride horses? No. 
Oh, you don't love to ride horses. No, but, I, you know, but are you around horses? I like around? horses. They're uh-huh. very, they're, I like them. Horses and I, um, I have been in a few situations where I got, when I was quite young, I got thrown from one horse many times in an hour. And I got up and I walked across the ring and I told my mother, um, I'm done riding horses. And then a little bit later in life, I, I got thrown again. And then in my 20s, I got, I think that was the last time I rode a horse was in, in, in my late 20s. I said, yeah, I, 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 the, the horse could feel my stress, which is, you know, what horses, horses are great at doing that equine therapy um, is, is an interesting therapy just because they know human stress. And so I just said, you know, I'm going to get off the horse before I get thrown. <laughs> so. Well, you, well, you and I have that in common because <laughs> I, I am not a very courageous rider on a horse myself. And I myself have been thrown off. And, that's, and I said, this <laughs> and it's not fun. No, no. I'm, I, that's the end of it for me. So, right, right, right. so we'll stay. I think I'll stick to cars <laughs> I, yeah, right. or bikes. I'll do bikes. Yeah. Same here. Bicycles are good. <laughs> So, uh, Jane, with that, I think um, that's going to be a wrap. So thank you so much. I think you lent a lot of information to our listeners in terms of Active Adult, what you guys are doing in your communities. And we got to know a little bit about you. So it's been great. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Beth. This has been great. It's been very delightful. And thanks to all your team. Thank you.